Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. episode is practically live it's practically live yeah so that's good though because so much is going on it's officially holiday season in my world i'm ready to put up that tree i'm doing it adam leaves today and we'll be home until mid-november so it's now or never oh my gosh you have to you basically have to honestly if you don't put it up in november it's just like it's not enough time with it i agree and i and i have a Strict, you know, November 1st. I'm not putting it up in October, but I feel like, yeah, you need two months to enjoy the twinkling lights and the music and the, I'm so excited. And I I've met my deadline. I turned my book in yesterday. So it's like, I'm going to take yeah. a staycation for a week or maybe even two. And yeah. How was it the last day? Were you like up until the last minute, the final hour? No, no. I sent it in right at noon because okay. yeah, I feel there I couldn't you know I'd read through it all again and it was just time there was nothing more you can't keep combing your hair it'll start to break I love that that's <laughs> Look, I've my never heard that hair before. book metaphor I don't know if that's true oh, I know <laughs> I think it is true anyway it is yeah you can't keep washing your clothes they'll just fall apart <laughs> I feel good how was the cruise for crying out loud Oh my gosh. I can't even talk about it. I'm in a deep depression. I'm in a post vacay depression. Um, it was amazing. I, the only thing that would have made it better is you being there truly. Like I was so sad. I was so I sad. No idea. The Everything, every moment, every glass of champagne. I thought this would be a better glass of champagne with Misha. Next time. There's no questions asked. No questions. I know. I feel like we need to go. We need to just do our own panel too. We need to talk about. Yeah. Band wives, we need to talk about writing. We need to talk about our wine choices. It was so much fun. It was just really like so, so much work, but so relaxing. We always get to have the best time in between. I just concede to going hard, like not sleeping, not hydrating, just going, like running from activity to activity <laughs> and then friendship and then activity and friendship. Um, then the come down has been intense. Like, I still feel like I'm on a ship. I'm looking out the window right now. This is five days in and I'm like, oh, it's like a little wobbly. But, you know, it was like rockier this time because we went farther. The last time it was the Bahamas was the destination. And we went to the Dominican Republic this year. So we had to like go faster, the crew said. And so any sort of like turmoil on the seas, because we did hit a few storms. It's just like very rocky. Is it like stuff falling off? No, not that intense. Nothing that bad. But just like noticeably in the, in the, um, the downstairs venue, there's like a club that the, that Coheed plays two times and it's the bottom of the ship. So you are like in it and they have this level and you can see the level just like completely back and forth. I don't know. I mean, my only job is to just like walk around in heels and have cocktails. So I don't know how people perform 
in those conditions, but everybody killed it. It was amazing. Um, Motion City was out. Sunny Day Real Estate was out. Anthony Green was out. It was just, it was amazing. It was so much fun. It's, it looked amazing. Yeah, it was great. And I had copies of my book. So I saw it for the first time. Which was oh so my gosh. Nice. terrifying because I'm like, well, something's wrong. We it's here. <laughs> this is just what it is. Is, I mean, is mine in the mail? Of course yours is in the mail as soon as they come. We had, I think like, I, can't I don't wait. know, 150 or whatever, like drop shipped to the ship um, oh. right from Italy, from the printer. So I didn't like get a chance to really, I mean, I proofed the colors, but I didn't like proof the book or get any advanced copies. So it was, it was interesting, but it looks beautiful. I'm so excited. Um, so many people came out to like the, you know, the readings in the morning. I met some people who are coming to Portugal with us, which was amazing. Um, and they made like bracelets and I don't know, it was just really nice to talk Mm -hmm. to people. And, um, so many people said they loved the show and asked where you were. No pressure. Can't believe it. I had a deadline. (laughs) I know. That's what I said. Deadline. What are you going to do? Man, it looked amazing. I can't wait to see your book. That's such a huge accomplishment. I hope you really took time to pat yourself on your back. Yeah, I just held it. Actually, I told this story on the ship because I, I got it, but I got it like late when we got on the boat. So we were already like having champagne. I'm so excited. Uh, Ernie and Blaze both like brought a copy at the same time. And I I looked at it. It looked beautiful. And then I like put it under my arm and, I, you know, dancing, whatever. <laughs> and then the next morning I go to look at it really. And I look at the back and it's like blank because the whole back is like written in gold foil. And they're like chunks missing. And so I panic thinking, oh my God, I totally missed this last night. Is this what all of them look like? But it turned out that it was under my armpit and I, <laughs> all the gold foil had stuck to my like oh my armpit. It was rough. Um, but yeah, it's, it was really exciting. It actually, the book sold out like in, on the first day, which was so exciting. Not that you need that kind of reinforcement for your art, which is actually what I want to talk to you today about, but it was nice. It was a nice bonus. That's amazing. That's so funny because I actually got the first copies of the paperback from Amy Constellations and it didn't have the gold foil. So I thought that's what actually happened to you. (laughs) But no, so then I had the email and they fixed it. But then I went to one event and they had the ones without the foil, without the hands. Oh my gosh. It's always a thing. I thought for sure we were going to have some sort of like massive hiccup, but it was great. The book looks beautiful. I'm really excited. I'm proud of the team. Uh, yeah. So I'm like detoxing straight into Halloween. How was your Halloween? Did you guys dress up? Okay. Well, oh, no. the there we go. <laughs> um, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but Adam <laughs> and I were walking down the street, you know, at some point and we're like with my nephew brings about like 10 friends from, cause they, their school's up, you know, further away from town and so they bring them right into our house which I don't that I love that but then it's like my kids all those kids Keaton and my kids are all five years apart and so it's just the speed (laughs) varying the desire for every house is varying and you know it's and then my sister has a two-year-old she turns two today actually and so it is just like two to fifteen track stars literally you know and then like the baby in the wagon and so it's 
it's way too stressful for me. I mean, it is literally children running in the street. Yeah. I, I know. I, and I know this sounds kind of ridiculous too, but I don't actually ever want my kids to eat candy. I, I'm like, I think processed sugar is evil. You know, I know other things that I imbibe are not good for me either. So I'm not like saying I, we don't give them candy, but I don't, I don't support corn syrup. <laughs> it's my least favorite holiday and my kids love it, obviously. And I'm just here to stand with the parents who don't enjoy Halloween because I don't. You know, I'm glad that you spoke out about this because I feel like one thing we do is give a nice array of opinions and parental <laughs> choices. And I also, yeah. I love Halloween. I love like just the hunt. I think it's really fun and really cute. I love seeing the kids in their costumes, but we've also kind of stopped doing like the large group Halloween because it's too much. Yes. We do, we go early. We were done last night by six o'clock, which is great. See, I need boundaries like that because I, if I could be home by six, just watching a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I think... um I love one thing I like about it is the community. I love that my kids like actually go to people's doors and talk to, I don't mind the stranger thing, but I also don't like scary stuff at all. And so creepy costumes, I'm like, I don't like it. So I'm, you know, I don't think of myself as like prude or whatever about most things, but Halloween is on my shit list big time. So I, we don't limit candy in our house. So my kid's not that excited about it. Like he likes to go and get it and then it just sits in like the bag or we give it away or I'll donate it. Oh, to... There's always so much left. Too over. Much. But I do use a lot of it for baking for the holidays. Baking? Like, like what? We'll separate it into whatever and take like the milk chocolate and use that instead of chocolate chips in cookies for the holiday or like, I don't That's know. That's a good idea. My grandma used to do that. I like that. Like pulse it up and like mm-hmm. put it in cookies. That's actually a good idea. I might do that. And I like kind of get into it where I just get a bag of candy, you know, like dark chocolate, you know, mints or something, but yeah. like the peppermint patties or whatever, and just put them out. And so they're out. So it's not like they're not getting any, you know, but it's just like all the crap and it's so much crap. It's so much crap. And then we, it, we can't eat it all that you should see this. And we go from our neighborhood to the next neighborhood. And you have three. It's like, how can you possibly. People are it's... giving out full size. Yeah. And yeah. in a pillowcase of candy. I mean, mm-hmm. especially the older ones, because they move quick. Oh, that is hilarious, too, because Adam was like, look at Keaton's bag. It's half empty. He has squirreled it away in his bedroom in various nooks <laughs> and crannies. <laughs> so which is, I was do. like, he's smart. Yeah, I know. And so. I, it's not as much about the candy, but if I'm being honest, it is a little bit because it, it's not good for them. Sylvie's already got a runny nose. I try to be like, whatever, but it's like too much. I also just want Christmas to be here. You know, it's kind of like a roadblock to Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's like a huge roadblock. We watched, we walked 5.4 miles, which again, totally fine. I, I love actually, but it's 5.4 miles of me making sure my kids don't get run over by cars and keeping an eye on one that's all the way at the end of the block. Adam's way back there pulling the wagon with the babies, you know? And so I don't even see them all night, but they don't have school today. Oh, really? Yeah. They're, they're school smart. smart. <laughs> like yeah. teacher work day the day after Halloween. Cause I mean, yeah, nobody wants I don't to be, blame them. Yeah. But they don't want to be dealing with like no. sugared out. Maniacs. Tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overwhelmed. 
So yeah, no, that's why I was running a little late because I was just getting them settled. And Adam's off running errands. He leaves today, like I said. So are they going back out for a run? Is it a long one? No, they have, it is, um, no, it's only two weeks, but they have their three shows for the record because the record came out so a few exciting. days ago. Yeah. So it's happening. Um, I saw they crashed a wedding. Oh my it was so cute. So fun. I, I'm trying to um, like put myself in that bride's shoes and, and, and the groom, I think too, you know, and imagine, you know, your favorite band just showing up to sing some songs and what an amazing feeling because they were rehearsing in Pennsylvania um, at this place that has full-size club stuff so they can do the lights and everything and so you know a really good fan close fan and so it was like arranged to their manager and everything that's so cool I mean what an experience what a special surprise Adam was so nervous he's like I don't want to ruin their wedding <laughs> I mean yeah the pressure is on you also have to impress like the grandmas and yeah. you know <laughs> well they showed up in suits so he looked so handsome yeah yeah Oh, so that's exciting. And I'm going to see you. Oh, ooh, I come Saturday. But the 11th is weird. Um, it's a weird day in astrology. So I'm thinking, I'm like, should Chandra and I go to like a masseuse? Should we do something very <laughs> calm? <laughs> not drink, not get out there, stressing Adam and Claudio out while they follow us around the city. I can't. Yeah, November is like a volatile it's like Uranus and Mars clash. I don't really know exactly, but it seems like um, volatile conversational mm -hmm. situations. So not with us. Never. And I can get pretty sassy, yeah. but Adam's used to it. I mean, yeah, same. Yeah. I love being sassy. It's just part of who we are. Yeah. So <laughs> I just was reading the horoscopes as one does on November 1st and saw that and I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Capricorn. What are we? We're used to that, honestly. <laughs> big, big times. There's an eclipse this weekend. Yeah, my, I there's a lady I like to see who does like it's. She's a dance dancer, so it's like an um intuitive movement kind of healing movement. So, but she was talking. She canceled her class because the eclipse was. She said it was too much for people. So I, love this. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> does this mean we should do nothing this weekend? Uh, I had to teach a big class or the North Carolina writers group or uh, coalition is hosting an event in Charlotte. So I'm teaching a big class. Yeah. 55 or 60 people. Wow. Well, get yeah. ready for all the crazy <laughs> to, to come on out. <laughs> I've taught it before, but I'm kind of nervous now. So I'm going to run through it. But oh so yeah, it's a pretty big weekend. I know it's a big deal. It's like a big hotel, you know, the hotel lobby and everything. And yeah, that's so much fun. I really feel like I need to come and attend one of your classes and, but just like not that. tell you about it. Yeah. I'm teaching it again <sighs> to like middle schoolers. That's the one at I want to go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the closer to the end of the month in Asheville, which I love. So they'll be real hip middle, middle schoolers. Yeah. Honestly, kids are so cool. Like even trick or treating yesterday, we were walking around and this like, I don't know, 10 year old, there was a guy sitting on a stoop handing out candy and he was like, Hey man, you look like Boris Karloff to this, <laughs> this adult man. No. So well, those are Brooklyn 10 year olds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I did want to talk to you about is, so before we left for the cruise, Claudio and I did a Twitch stream in which we didn't really have like a, a plan, but we like, 
started off like listening to your favorite sort of like fall songs and like things that were meaningful and then devolved into us listening to a full Coheed record um, and just jamming and loving it and whatever. And I, I saw like a comment come up in the chat that was like listening to your own own album like imagine the ego that it takes to like want to listen to your own record right and so I saw this and I'm like okay in passing whatever we, we still kept jamming but I was thinking about it a lot because I feel like there's this sort of um belief in art that like you should have so much self-loathing that you shouldn't love the art that you make and it's so ridiculous because you're making art for yourself obviously the process is important but you're making the art that you want to see that you want to consume that you want to listen to and i just thought it was like something we could break down we could break it down it is so wild what people who have never made a record or written a book or written a poem or painted a picture <laughs> will say yeah. about other people's art i have this um when i get angry <laughs> i try to embrace <laughs> it i used to be like push it away but now i have this um, mantra where i say to myself to other people get a grip and that's what this makes me feel like saying, get a grip. Like, I I totally agree. And I've been thinking about that a lot because it's, it is normal to have these impulses where you're like, oh my God, what, you know, you open a page of my own book and be like, ah, but I think that we should, next time I, you know, next book comes out, I'm like, you said you danced with your book. And I think that's an amazing visual. I was imagining myself hugging it because you just have to be grateful for the whole process, the fact that it came to fruition. And I don't know, there's this like George O'Keefe quote, something like criticism and praise go down the same drain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I am free is what she says. And I think that's important because you, you like you said, it's your, it's for yourself. You, the whole process is what's healing and fun and everything. And so the final product is the result of that process. Why would you hate it? I think that it's hard to accept feeling exposed, I guess. And when you make art, you are stripping layers of yourself off in like what some people might even think is like a pretentious way, which, you know, is sort of like the point that you're looking now at these layers and saying, wow, like I went through this, I did the thing and I really like the result. Like, especially something like music where it becomes such a, um, like an emotional trigger for a period of your life in the same way that other people's music becomes a like a hallmark of emotions and time periods. And I certainly have open books. Like I, I always say, like, I can't read my own writing, but I wonder how much of that is, is like less how much I like it and more the fear of like, do other people yes. like it? Or programming that we're not programmed. We're not supposed to be proud of what we create. Yeah. You're just looking at the flaws because it's too close. And it's almost like a relationship, like a marriage where, you know, you have to kind of pull back a little bit and be like, you have all these like amazing, beautiful qualities. I'm not just fixating on like the dishes or whatever it is. I think we should all stop fixating on the negative and try to move towards the positive and, and acknowledge it. My kids will, um, you know, as all kids do, because I do believe we're programmed to sh towards shame about our bodies so people can sell us stuff and whatever. And um, but they'll look in the mirror and kind of like, you know, especially the the older ones and, and repeat the things about what they wish they look different or they wish they they don't feel like they're fit enough or they don't. And I'm just like, would you ever criticize someone else like that? Like, would you ever look closely at someone's jawline and be like, oh, it's not 
chiseled enough. Like, yeah, that would. And if you did stop, don't do that. <laughs> People are so much more than their jawline or whatever. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, no, I would never do that. It's just about myself. And I'm like, you're a, yes, exactly. You're a self. You're yes. some, you're someone, you're a whole human self. And if you wouldn't do it to someone else, don't do it to yourself. But of course, these people are doing it to someone else, but probably not to themselves because they've never made a record. Mm-hmm. I actually get extra offended when it's Atlas or Claudio who does that. Yes, me too. I chose you. Like, yeah. I made you. Stop it. <laughs> Excellent you know? taste. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh but yeah, last night, Addy made like a drawing and he was so pumped. He was like, look at this. I made it. It's amazing. Let's hang it up immediately. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. You know, <laughs> yes. I want to have that joy of of just like, the experience of making something and just being so proud to have done it. I think we need more of that. And I, I think there's you know, no other way. There's no other way to be. I totally agree. On the ship, the fans have this, uh, it's sort of like a, like an arts and crafts exchange and they make these totems and tchotchkes and they give them out and they swap. So they're, you know, they make bracelets, they're making keychains and pins and stickers. And, you know, anytime you like run into somebody on the ship, they're like, Hey, I made these like whatever. And there's this sense of, I made it. It's nothing that kind of deal. And I'm like, every single item that I got on this boat was fucking amazing. So creative, so beautiful, so cool. And I just, I'm like, man, if I made something this cool, it would be like my backdrop on my phone. It would be my, I would have it embedded in my face. It's so cool. I, you know, I just feel like people should and are allowed to be proud of themselves and and love the art that they make because you're making it for you. So yeah, I don't know. The dialogue and the criticism online is going too far. It's got to it's got to be a pendulum swing back in the other direction eventually until it can find some. Like we've talked about criticism a lot, and I suppose it has its place for sales purposes. Like okay, well, it's like, do I want to? It, is this my style? Is this something I'm going to enjoy? Because there's so many options. But beyond that, it goes it's a, goes to a weird place of hypercriticism hyper and judgment and criticism from people who are absolutely unqualified to offer criticism and with no awareness that they have no, <laughs> you know, it's like they can be hypercritical of someone who is writing a book or making a record, even though they have absolutely no idea yeah. what that means or what goes into it or the you know history of sound or the history of music or that you know whatever and so like that's funny there's no humility in the criticism space and then just like expected to be just pathetic humility in the art space totally yeah like act as if you nothing that you've done and th- this thing that you've poured two years of your life into doesn't matter or you shouldn't be proud of it and or it's your 20-year career that gives mm-hmm. you the legs to stand on you know it's yeah. I always say to Claude, if he's like, what do you think about this? Don't ask me. I, my opinion doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not a part of that pulse. You know, it's like, if you think there's something there, somebody else will feel that way too. And that's it. You know, I think it's when it starts to become like this fear of, of yeah. what people expect. Actually, one of the questions on, in, in one of my Q and A's was kind of how much fan feedback factors into choices. And it's a great question because it's, it's like, you read a review of a book that you wrote and for the next one, does that affect the writing process? Does it affect your word choice? If they say that it's too flowery, do you pull back? Like it's so much like give and take. And I don't know that that's a good thing. I don't know that you can. I don't know if that's real. Like, because someone could say something bad about my book, but I, and I can maybe be like, oh, that's an interesting 
criticism about the structure or you know about mm-hmm. something that's more uh external mechanical but yeah. there's so much about what claudia is going to write or what you're going to write or what i'm going to write or adam or anyone that you said is just the brain and so it's mm-hmm. like at some point these characters are are just going to form based on who i am totally. not because someone doesn't like a woman who is unlikable because that's the point you know or whatever like I don't know. I think, is it intuition? There's something missing or it's not mm-hmm. the best work or like fear because you're worried about what people will say. And and that's yeah. hard to navigate. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you imagine making, making things in a time where this didn't exist in this way. It was like, you shared, you shared your, your art your with five cave people. Painting. That was- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. And I, I feel like you know, as we get close to the holidays and we get close to like all of our resolutions and the anti-resolution, I think like something that I am trying to be more mindful of is just, just appreciating the art and appreciating the things that we make and being proud of that. And, and like leading by example to my kid, I want him to be proud of the things he makes. I I guess that's the hill I'm ready to die on here. Amen. And a little woman. Oh, I'm not going to keep this episode going, but we do have to go to Lilydale. This could be our next mini. Oh my gosh. If I had a longer trip, it just, it looks like far, like you're going to fly into Canada or something. Yeah. I think it's like way up there because I was looking into it before we decided to go to Salem, but we have to go. We have to go. And see every medium on the list. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, Speaking of mediums, I watched Hereditary the other day for the first time. And I thought of you because- I don't usually watch super scary movies. I watched it. It's about mediums and it's horrifying. And then I had night terrors all night long. Not good. Don't recommend. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm assuming it has to do with like demons. Yeah. Demons. Don't love that. Mm -mm. No, no. Do you actually believe in that or do you? No. I mean, I I guess I do. I guess if, if good people can come through, bad people can come through too, but I don't Mm. know if I believe in like possession, but, but then it's also, there's some arguably good cases for it. I, I, yeah, it's, it is hard. I go back and forth Yeah, because like Buddhism is like, there actually is no evil. It's our pre, you know, predetermined genes and the scarcity and, and hatred and violence and, and war and fear and all this stuff and greed for sure that creates these dynamics but then sometimes you wonder with stuff like that or the possession stories but then I also think we are so powerful that what we believe you know we've talked about this fourth religions like what you believe can become real but you don't want to be like oh you're only imagining you're only magicking this in your mind it's not actually real I don't know there was this uh a documentary I started the other day. I can't remember what it's called. Something about like maybe the devil inside of me or whatever, but it's about this family who say that one of their sons was possessed and they are like asking for help and they hire all these, you know, healers and things to come in and try to cleanse the house. And long story short, there ends up like being a murder in the house after. And this is, this is like months and months of them being like, something is wrong. Something is wrong. He's like hearing things. He's speaking in voices like a little kid, nine or 10, I think. And so you have to think this was maybe in the seventies or eighties that he wasn't like getting that from somewhere. It wasn't like something he saw on television or, uh, what would be the benefit of, I I don't know, like cases like that sometimes are a little convincing for me, 
But yeah, I also don't think anybody is innately evil. I think people make really good or bad choices based on like what they have available to them. Yeah. A new book just came out by a super famous Stanford, you know, he's like a primatologist, neurobiologist, and he, it's the case for like no free will, essentially, because Mm. all of our choices are predetermined by so hereditary genes, class, parental guidance or not, you know, and all these other things. And it, it just came out like last weekend or I guess last Tuesday. And um, it's pretty controversial, but it's an interesting thing to consider because he's saying we need to give people much more grace when it comes to crimes and much more grace when it comes to because all, so many of these factors are beyond our conscious control. Yeah. And it's going back to like that BTK documentary that I think I was talking about on an earlier episode where the this uh, forensic psychologist is interviewing him to sort of get an understanding of like, what is it this like? repetitive pattern of of murder or like really heinous crimes it starts really young you can see these signs really young for most of the cases and so she's trying to kind of find the thread right certainly there are big indicators but like is it a mix of genes and certain brain types or of circumstance but then you get into this like really slippery slope of being like oh well somebody has this dna and somebody like is this minority report it's really tricky because there are plenty of people with that DNA who don't. It's like finding these formulas and then just being able to kind of mediate or being able to help somebody or give them like an intervention, services, whatever it is. It's it's I mean, not at all the same as that, but but like a similar social concern is addiction. Mm. And that is so there's so many factors that predetermine whether someone's going to become an addict or not, that it's, it's very, you know, Gabor Mate, he wrote Hungry Ghosts that and that's a book all about addiction. And he says the exact same thing as the Stanford psycho, you know, and that's called uh, neurobiologist is like, we cannot hold people who are addicts, like, in jail. That's not appropriate. These people have uh, spans back through their whole life. It's all of these social factors. It's all, you know, they need care. So complex. And, you know, and I agree with you a hundred percent. It's, you know, you have two people who go through the exact same experience on the surface and they handle it completely differently. You know, our drummer, Josh has started this um, platform, I guess, called drum set confessional. And he was an addict recovered for, for many years, but he talks about sort of the process and interviews people and um, answers questions. For, uh, he talks about addiction and recovery and the nuance. And and I think it's really important because it's so easy to villainize something that you don't understand and something that you're yeah. not struggling with yourself. Um, and on the surface, for a lot of people, it looks like a choice, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't tell somebody who's blind to just see. It's not the way yeah, that it works. Exactly. And, it, and it really is different for every person. So I think any way that you can kind of have these conversations and yeah. and take the stigma out of it is really important. Yeah. There's the new Emily Blunt movie called Pain Hustlers where mm. they're pharmaceutical reps selling fentanyl, you know, to people and they're just pushing it and pushing it, pushing it, creating the cycle and they're selling it, you know, in these specific clinics that where people don't have any resources for help, you know, and it was like all very targeted. And so it's like, there's so many layers because it's not just, it's so complicated because these people were being given at addiction. Yeah. <laughs> they were just being sold addiction. And and it was beyond really their scope, but it, they shouldn't have had to know 
that their doctor was creating a, this, you know, and all, people, tons of people overdose. You know, we've all heard the story that they finally convicted the president the family, of that drug right? company. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it's like so complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it really Everything. is. Everything is complicated. I mean, and, and <laughs> on a daily basis, people change and pivot and, you know, yeah. make decisions or don't. And like, it's, yeah, humanity is complex. I know. There was a, we, I know we need to stop and we no, might not even use it. We this, don't need there... to stop. We can just keep going, Misha. <laughs> there was what a, we want. I am interested in, you know, mediumship and the history of it. And so there's this, um, Jane Roberts did channeled his Seth was his name. And it's actually really, really fascinating and very benign and not at all. Like you would ever think it's a demon because the information is very quote unquote new age and helpful and, and well-meaning, but people are always questioning the mediumship, you know, uh, from conservative religions. And so people were questioning that. And one man looked into it and he wrote a book. Now I don't remember the name that was claiming they were demons and him and Madame Blavatsky, you know, I'm talking about, she like did the theosophism. Or something. I think so. I think yeah. so. Um, he was claiming that. And then Jane Roberts died when she was 54. She had terrible rheumatoid arthritis. Her, her mother died young as well. Um, and maybe her grandmother before her too, but he's like claiming that the mediumship was like sucking her life force away. And that's why she, cause this other Madame Blavatsky died young. I think that they probably were open to these realms because they suffered so much pain. Jane Roberts had arthritis since she was in her twenties. Um, but that yeah. was his take. And apparently the book, it, um, but he ended up committing suicide, jumping off a cliff because he thought they were after him it's all very interesting I know. There's, it's so wild well speaking of buddhism and the yin and the yang it's so wild how there's always this other side there's always the flip side there's always this other information and i mean that's why they say the middle just stick to the middle and it doesn't mean um a little of this and a little of that or just but it's like accepting that it's all all right it's all it's two all sides. right it's all all right yeah it's all the life of pie you know it's all the story the story uh, we tell ourselves there's a new documentary about einstein about infinity because pie is an infinite number it's just such a <laughs> random conversation <laughs> it was amazing i highly recommend it it's called i think it's called infinity but it is mind no, I mean, like one guy is essentially insinuating that the notion of infinity proves these are like fucking astrophysicists. The notion of infinity proves to him a belief in God. That's how it goes. That's how this documentary unfolds. So highly recommend. Don't ask me to explain astrophysics. But like a multiverse or is that this? Because it does, it makes so little sense. And because it's so impossible to comprehend. And then the way that like infinity, like if you take number zero to one, you can find infinity within that because you break it to half and then you break it to, and then you break the half into half and you can keep doing that forever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the, it's like a computation that never ends and he's like everything in our world and the universe is also this infinite computation that never ends and to him that proves there's some higher force at work wow he obviously explains it better but i'm convinced i mean not in like (laughs) our christian belief of god but like in the spirituality of the universe and like it's just something we can't break down because there is no ending and there is no beginning it's just the circle 
It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I see oh my gosh, well Sylvie just got into the Indo Girls closer to find that song from the Barbie movie. But it's like when I seek my source in some definitive. When I you know, she's like when I what is the line? You want me to pull it up? Hold oh, on. Sir, I, Let's talk. I just I think know. sometimes I want answers and I want to know and I want to know exactly what's real and what's not and what's right and what's not. And then I remember it's the mystery that's real. That's the only thing that's real. Oh, the less I seek my source in some definitive. Is that the line? Yeah. The less I seek my source for some definitive. Yeah. That's the answer. They got it. The Indigo Girls all those years ago. Yeah. I know. They figured it out. Also, like referencing Rasputin in a pop song <laughs> is a pretty bold move. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, it's such a vivid picture of her like walking into her professor's office. I love it. I can't. And now Sylvie. <laughs> I know she will sing along, and I'm like, this is why I'm here. Kids finding a connection in a grown-up song is my favorite <laughs> thing, especially when it's '90s music because that's yeah totally my jam. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see you. I know. I know. I feel like I want to just hang out with you today and drink our coffee in our pajamas. Look at oh the fall gosh. leaves. Yeah. I'm going to actually go to Target and look for Christmas stuff. Ooh. I turned my book in yesterday. I'm on my stake. I'm in staycation mode. I'm going to walk yes. over the aisle. Get it. I cannot wait. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to, to read it. I can't wait. I'm really excited. And I'm going to hug it. <laughs> I'm going to dance with it in my armpit. Big hug. Yeah. <laughs> Strip off the gold foil, which, you know, we both love. Metaphor. <laughs> All right. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.